Wow, let's give Jesus some praise, amen? Come on, let's give Jesus. He deserves all the praise, all the glory. I'm enjoying church this morning. Anybody else? I just want to do the conga. I just want to, I feel like skipping around and, you know, it's good to have fun in church. Uh, We've just been away for the week. We've just been down North Cornwall. We had a great time with family. Special time. I could cry. Anyway, you know, family's important, amen? You know, family should always be number one and things can get in the way of that. I want to encourage you to put your family first. Family's special. Um, This morning I'm speaking on, um, call it Empowered for Mission. We're all part of a mission, would you agree? God's got a mission for us. We've heard this morning a guy who's talking about, you know, a passion that's in his heart to share the gospel, to share the good news. And does anybody else struggle with this? Or is it just me? You know, maybe you look at me and think, oh, Paul's confident he can do it. But, you know, in myself, I'm not confident to do it. Our confidence isn't in ourselves. Our confidence is in God. The gospel is God's gospel. It's not our gospel. So I want to encourage you this morning. If you feel inadequate to do this, you're in in the right place. Because it's it's not you that saves people. It's God that saves people. Are you with me? Now, we can grow in a confidence in God and a confidence in the gospel, and we can be confident in who God is and that the power of God can outwork and see lives change, but it's not me that changes people. It's not you that changes people. It's God himself by the power of his spirit that changes people. When the word of God comes to people, they hear the word and they respond by faith. The power of the spirit comes and does what it says it's going to do because that's who God is. So I can preach to you this morning the gospel, and I can tell you what the gospel is, but it's your choice to respond with that, and then take that out into your home and into your community. And hopefully this morning what I share will give you a bit of a confidence in the gospel, because God has given us power to go with this gospel. It's not a gospel that does not contain power, but it's a gospel that has power to change people's lives. And we want to minimize it or think that we can't do it or we're we're just a church and, you know, I'm I'm just a weak little, you know, person who can't do this. And, you know, you hear Sam this morning making himself vulnerable. We're all like that, but we've got to make ourselves vulnerable and position ourselves into a place where we can actually see the power of God work. But if we're not prepared to position ourselves in that place, we won't see the power of the gospel working. You know, and God wants to give. God's not holding back power. Can I just speak this morning and preach? Is that okay? I've got some notes, but I just want to talk to you this morning. God's not holding back his power for the gospel. We drove down uh, Devon last week, it was Cornwall, last week, last Saturday evening. Driving on the motorway on a Saturday evening, late at night, through a thunderstorm, is an interesting experience. All right? You know when it's getting bad, when you sit up out of your seats. When you're kind of driving and you go, whoa, 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 I can't see. And you literally, I sat up in my seat because the rain was pummeling down. The white lines on the road had disappeared. I couldn't see any white lines. I could just see a few dots in front of red lights. People were pulling over on on the hard shoulder because they couldn't drive in it. I've never been in rain so, I don't know what the word is, so powerful in my life. Has anybody ever been through in one of those storms? I was scared. I actually sat up at the screen. The wipers, I almost want to put my hand out the window to make them go quicker because they're not quick enough. And all of a sudden, you're seeing this flashing. Boom, boom, boom. And who would be stupid enough to go and camp in that kind of weather? All I could think, all we were saying is, what about Wayne and Julie now? They pitched the tent. What a first night this is. 
and the lights were flashing. Every so many seconds, the light with the the, the lightning was coming down, and I was pretty scared on that motorway, I have to say, driving down. It woke Grace up. Grace was in the back seat with my mum, and she woke up. What's happening? What's happening? What's all the noise? And me and my mum were like this in the front at the windscreen. I was scared. But why do I say that? Listen, the power, the power of lightning was in the sky. And I could see it time and time again. It was quite terror. It, it, it was almost terrorizing me. I was scared and intimidated by the rain. I thought, I can't pull over. I'm just, I'm not manly. I'm too manly to pull over. I'm not pulling over. I'm going to keep going. I was going at 20 miles an hour on the motorway. All right? There weren't many cars on it, 10 o'clock at night. 20 miles an hour we were driving. I refused to stop. The next day I put the news on. And it said there'd been 11,000 lightning strikes that night. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? That's some power. If we could harness that power, that's some power in creation, 11,000. Then I saw a program later. It said there have been 20,000 recordings of lightning strikes. That's some power up above. Well, I'm here to tell you that God's more powerful. If God can create lightning with that kind of force and power, he, he's got something that's more important to him, more precious to him, and he's not going to hold back his power to make sure this happens. It's called people. It's called the gospel. It's called saving souls. It, this, is what he, this is what he's designed for. And he sent his precious son. He didn't hold his power back, but he sent everything he had to make this happen. More powerful than 22,000 lightning strikes, it's his precious son. And the gospel has power. Romans 1, let's read it. Romans 1, 16 to 17 says this. I feel the power of God this morning for people. Some of you are going to meet Jesus this morning. You're going to meet Jesus at the cross this morning. You're not meeting me. I'm just the messenger. You're going to meet Jesus at the cross this morning. And the power of God is coming into your life. You're going to start a journey with him. You're, just, you're thinking, why am I here this morning? I'm asking questions, but you're going to meet with Jesus at the cross this morning. Romans 1, 16, 17 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Woo! I'm not ashamed of this good news. Gospel means good news. What's the good news? Jesus came and died for you and for me. He died for this world. He gave his life on the cross. It looked foolishness to the world, but the foolishness of God is the wisdom of God. Amen? It looked weak, but in God's weakness, it's more powerful than the power of this world. God's weakest weakness is more powerful than the whole of the power in this world. And he proved it at the cross. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is, it is the power of God that brings salvation. So God has power available within the gospel. He's got a big chunk of power that's available for the gospel. And all we have to do is position ourselves in that place to tap into that power. It's not us that does it, it's God that does it. But we often feel ashamed to tell somebody. We're ashamed to share it. We, we feel insecure, we don't feel good enough. We, we, we're fearful of people's reactions. People will reject us and you know, we'll feel stupid, we'll feel silly. But in that place, there's power. And God wants us to position ourselves in that place to share the gospel. Because it says, it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Not the select few, to everyone. The gospel we were singing this morning, the rich and the poor, right? Anybody, the gospel is available to anyone who believes. First the Jew, then the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. 
A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. So it's by faith, your belief, you're choosing to trust and believe in the gospel that God sent his son for you. And I know sometimes I struggle to share this. I shared the other week about sharing it to somebody at a football match. And, you know, my words don't feel like they're coming out right. But, you know, if we're willing to share the gospel, God is willing to use what you offer, right? And to use your words, and and he will use them, and he will transform people's lives. But it's found in the gospel. It's found in the good news. So we're going to look at the gospel this morning, because the gospel contains power. If you want the power, you're going to get it from the gospel. Receiving, believing the gospel, receiving the gospel, sharing the gospel. You want to be used by God, you're going to have to share the gospel. First with actions, how you behave. Secondly, by words and telling people why you behave the way you behave. That's pointing people to God. So the gospel contains power. Do you believe that? My prayer for you, for me, for us, that God would open our eyes to see the power that is in the gospel. You think, how, how, how are people going to get saved? How is my neighbor? How is my mom? How is my brother? Do you, do you, you, know how back, you know how behave? You know how rebellious they are? Do you know how sinful they are? You know, you, you, you don't understand what they're like, how difficult they are. And we're all sitting here going, we've all been like that once. And if God can change your life, he can change anybody's life. If God can change my life, he can change anybody's life. And I want to encourage you this morning, may God open your eyes to see the power of the gospel. The power that can change lives. So the power, we're going to look at this. The power has the ability to do some things. The first one is this. To bring people out of the darkness and into the kingdom of the son of love. This is what the gospel does. The gospel takes us out of darkness, a place where we have no hope, no future, We have no God, it's without God, but when we accept God, he transfers us out of the darkness and into the light. He he, he transfers us out of hatred and he changes into love, into forgiveness, into acceptance, into being the beloved, accepted, loved. And God's power is available to make that happen. And some of you, you know, you may be on a journey with that. I and mean, we're all on a journey, but you may not say, well, I don't really know this God of love. Well, you're on a journey. Can I encourage you to take another step in the truth of what this says? You know, we were, we were on, a, on a beach this week down in Cornwall, as you do. And uh, we were learning to bodyboard. Puff my chest out. I was, we were learning to bodyboard. We'll put it that way. Me, Grace, Olivia... We were, you know, you get your body board, you, you put your wetsuit on. They're funny things as well. Whoever invented them, they just, Olivia was like, Daddy, this is just doesn't feel right. Kept pulling it up, it's falling down, it's just uncomfortable thing. You just feel, you know, uncomfortable in them things. You go out to sea and they do the job, they keep you warm. But we were learning to bodyboard. And, you know, the first time we went out, Olivia was unsure. Me and Grace, we kind of, we want to go out a bit deeper because we're taller. Olivia's not quite as tall. You know, she's bobbing here. You know, she's nearly drowning in the water. We're saying, you're all right, Liv. You can swim, you know. And the waves are knocking her about. She's only little and she's not sure. And she, she's got this bodyboard. She's not quite confident. And, you know, the first time she did it, she wasn't confident. But as soon as she'd done it, 
as soon as she'd grabbed hold of the board and trusted the board, the wave caught her and she began to move. And it's the same with us with the word of God. The word of God comes to us and we say, am I going to believe this word? Am I going to receive this word? Am I going to grab hold of this word? And when the wave comes, I hear the gospel. I hear somebody telling me. I hear someone's nudging me. I hear somebody. Are we going to go, well, I'll go with the wave and I'll grab the word of God, apply it in my life and let it take me? Because that's what it does. You know, the second time Olivia, she grabs the board, she nailed it. She didn't need me by her side. Well, she did a few times, but she kept, I can do it, Daddy. A little face was shining. She trusted in something. She trusted in the board. We're here to trust in Jesus, the word of God for your life. The word of God is trustworthy. Jesus is trustworthy. He's faithful. God has been faithful for centuries from the beginning of time, and Jesus is faithful again, and he will return. He will return. Remove us out of the darkness of this world and elevate us to a place with him one day. That's the gospel. But you've got to grab hold of it. You've got to say, okay, I I hear the nudge, I feel the wave, but I'm going to grab hold of it. And sometimes for me and you, that's sharing the gospel. We feel a bit uncomfortable, but I'm just going to grab hold of and share the gospel. I'm going to share about what Jesus has done in my life. And I'm going to talk about that next week a bit more about what we do and how we share it. So the first one, the gospel contains power to take us out of darkness and bring us into the sun of love. The love of God is available for you today. The joy of knowing God is available for you today. The peace of God that you're in right standing is available for you today. And you don't do this on your own. You don't earn this love. You don't earn this right standing. It's the gift of God that it is received through faith today. Your heart can be at peace. Your mind can be at peace. Your ship can be steadied even though the waves feel uncomfortable and life is knocking you about. There's something that happens inside of us when we put our faith in Jesus. He gives us a peace. He gives us a joy in our hearts. So the gospel contains power to take us out of darkness and into the sun of love. And you might look around and think, these people that I come across are in darkness. Well, I want to encourage you, the gospel has the power to get them out of that place. Don't give up on them. Don't think, oh, you know, they're, they're, they're too far gone. No, the gospel has power to take them out of darkness. People, who are, people who've been abused, people who are on drugs, the gospel has the power to take them out of addiction. It has the power to release them out of darkness and bring them into the sun of love. It's, this isn't a game we're playing, guys. This isn't an option. Okay? You know when you book your holiday and you book, if, well, if you go on holiday, if you book somewhere, right, it gives you options at the bottom. You go, you go in a B&B, breakfast, Wi-Fi. Well, Wi-Fi is not an option nowadays, is it? Right? You eat, eat breakfast. It's an option. And you tick it. £23 for the family for your breakfast. No, I won't have that option. This is not an option. Sharing the gospel is not an option for your life. It's not an option. The gospel for you to receive it, it is an option. But I would encourage you to make sure you have this as your option. Because <laughs> without it, you have no future. You have no hope. But with it, you have hope. This is not an option, guys to share the gospel. This is what we're here to do. We're sent to go. We're sent to go and to share. I'm not saying it's easy, but there's power available for you to go 
There's power in the gospel. So it brings people out of darkness into the kingdom of sun, of love, or the kingdom of light. You know, sometimes this takes time for us to actually get this. We hear it, but we're processing it. You know, like sometimes when the girls, they go to bed, they want the light on at night. I remember I had a friend, and he always had the light on until he was 25 years old. I won't mention his name. He's not in here, actually. But he always had the light on, and we used to joke about it. That light there, it guides the planes in to Manchester Airport. It's on every night in his bathroom. It would be always be on. You know, sometimes it might seem like darkness, things you go through. But when God turns the light on, the darkness disappears. When God flicks that switch and reveals himself by the Holy Spirit, you get revelation in your life. It changes the way you see things. Wow, that seemed dark, but it's no longer dark. Something's happened in my life. I can't, I can't explain it, but something has happened in me and something has happened in here. I have a revelation now of the power of God's love. I don't care about my past. I have a past, but I now have a future because I've seen what God has said to me through his word, and now it's in my heart and it's in my mind. The power of the gospel is changing me. I'm not the same person anymore. I was once like that, but now I'm like this because the power of God, a light has gone off inside of me. Who flicked that switch? Who did that? It's God that flicks the switch. It's the Holy Spirit that reveals himself to you. And if you don't feel loved, then seek God above all things. Make God God. Get rid of your false idols in your life that you're worshiping in this world and say, no, I want God above all things. I want you, God, in my heart. I want you, God, in my mind. I want to do the things of you, the will of you in this world. I don't want that stuff anymore. I just want you, God. I hunger and thirst for you, God, in your kingdom. It has the power to take people. And if you're in darkness, go to God. Talk to somebody. Let somebody pray for you, encourage you in God's word and in God's truth, that you are loved, that you are a son and a daughter. No matter what happens to you, what's happened to you, you will always be loved by God. And then the next thing is this. The gospel has the power to raise the sinner from death to life. Woo! Anybody want some life? It's in the gospel. It's in the gospel, the good news. You want a future? It's in the gospel. You want a hope? It's in the gospel. Jesus is the gospel. Jesus is the good news. Jesus has shown you the way. Jesus is leading you the way. Jesus has done everything for you. It's Jesus that has done it for you. How do we know that? Because he died a brutal death for you and for me. He died for you. He died for me. He died for this world. The worst of sinners. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short. But he can raise a sinner from death to life. He can change your life. Areas of your life that are dead, he can bring power into them and resurrect them things. Things of your past that have disappointed, he can come in and he can change. It's the power of the gospel. It's not my power, it's his power. And it's available as we preach it, as, we, as we're taught, we learn new ways, we change the way we think. It begins to change our lives. Our lives that once were become something new. It comes new. You know, I don't know if you 
ever been through one, I'm sure you have, but ever been through a revolving door? You know, when, the, when you're a kid, you love revolving doors. It's like, how many times can you go around? And how, how annoying can you get with them by pushing them so they nudging the person the behind? It's like, I'm racing, look, you got to quick. It's even, it's even funny when you take grandparents in them that can't walk very quick, right? Scuttling through quick, right? I was going to say, when we were kids, you waited for somebody who'd got a walking stick, and then you'd... We didn't really, I was making that up, right? I'm not that mean. I've been mean in the past, but I'm not that mean, right? But here's the deal. You go around a revolving door, and you just keep, when you're a kid, you just keep going round and round the same thing. But when you're an adult, you get like, you don't want to behave like a kid. You just want to get through there. And the kids want to annoy you, but keep running around and having fun in there. But you want to get through to the other side. Listen, the gospel has the power to stop you going round and round and round and round and round the same things. It causes you to go from what was into something what you want in the future. And it's based on the word of God and the promises of God. And I want to encourage you, don't go round and round. You know you're coming from somewhere, but you're going to somewhere new. You might not be there yet, but don't stop in the revolving door. Don't get familiar with Jesus in the revolving door. Don't say, I know Jesus. I know all about him. I've got it. I've got God sorted out. No, you haven't. He's too big to contain in mine and your brains all of us put together. God's way bigger than that. Let's not minimize God with the power that we think we've experienced. Yet God is way more powerful than anything that we've come across. Don't get stuck in the revolving door. This is church. We'll just keep doing the way we're... No, 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 no. You're called to go with the gospel and tell people. Don't let it freeze you. Are you still with me? Don't get stuck in the revolving door. Going round and round. And some things we've got to do and do and do. But don't get stuck in the negativity and the, you know, and putting yourself down. And you're not good enough all the time. That's not the gospel. Jesus died so you didn't have to stay in that revolving door. It has the power to get you out of that place of death and into life. So let Jesus get in the revolving door and smash it up for you. Thanks, John. It's the power to raise the sinner from death to life. How do we know that? Because God demonstrated it through Jesus. And that same power in Jesus is available for you and for me. So that one day we'll be resurrected with him. But in the meantime, we're to grow in the resurrection life. We're to grow in a resurrection power that causes us to change daily, weekly, monthly, over the year. So we can grow in the confidence of the gospel that God says has power to save you. Not so that you just save and go to heaven. So that you are saved and sanctified and redeemed and made into the person that originally you were made to be. So that you can make a difference in this world. That's the gospel. So the next one then. I'm excited. I've got, I'll go quick. It's, it's the power to redeem. Woo! Anybody, you, you might not know this. Some of the younger people might not know this. But when we were kids, there used to be the pop man that used to come round. You, you might not, you, you know, you, you maybe should start this again and go retro, right? But the pop man came around each week and he bought a van with, filled with pop. And I'm not promoting pop because it's not healthy and all that kind of stuff, right? But the pop man bought pop. My favorite was dandelion and burdock. Get in there. That soda one was all right. That's what, lime soda or something? I can't remember somebody. Cre cream, cream soda, right? But I'm sorry, I've lost this generation here. I'm trying to pull them back in, right? 
But the, the, the man came around with his truck and he bought your pop and you got your bottle of pop and you took it home. It was glass. Get that, man. Glass bottle. Glass bottle were taken into the house and you'd have three or four and, and you'd drink your pop over the week. Well, they'd be gone in the afternoon, right? You drank the pop and then you waited for the pop man to come back. And you knew when the pop man came back, if you took your bottle back, you got, how much did you get? 10p. 10p was a lot of money in them days. You could buy a whole bag of sweets from the shop, 10p mix. But why do I tell you that? Because you took it back and you redeemed it for 10p. You got back for taking it back, right? I think we should bring this back nowadays. I think we should bring it back, right? Here's the deal, right? You redeemed 10p for taking that back. Here's the deal. Jesus has redeemed you with his blood. And it's not, you know, you're not taking an empty bottle back, it's your life. Your life isn't meant to be empty. It's meant to be full. Okay? Jesus wants to fill your life. He wants you to live a fulfilled life. And that's redemption. I'm going to give back what has been stolen from them. I'm going to offer forgiveness and love. But now I'm going to nurture them into being who they're meant to be. So that they can give back to my world what has been robbed from my world. And I am sending them redeemed, filled with my spirit, filled with my power to go and tell people about the gospel. Share the gospel. And this is where you'll get full of the power of God as you share. Are you still with me this morning? It's redemption. And God wants you to be redeemed. And that's a journey. It is a journey for us all to walk in the redemption of God. And we'll never be fully redeemed until the day we're with him and we're put back to our perfect condition with him. We'll never be perfect in this world. We all fall short. But we can still aim for growing up and being mature and making a difference in this world. God wants to redeem your life. It has the power to redeem. 1 Peter 1, 18 to 19 says this. For you know that it, it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold or pop bottles, that were, you were redeemed from the empty way of life, handed down to you from your forefathers. But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. God redeems you, makes you right with God, makes you perfect in God's sight, through his precious blood. The power of Jesus' blood redeems you. The power of Jesus' blood forgives you of every sin. The power of Jesus' blood makes you brand new again in the, in the eyes of God. This is good news. But if the gospel hasn't penetrated here and gone to here, you'll always walk around trying to do this in your own strength. If the Spirit has not revealed this to you, this truth in your heart, you'll always try to, to notch this up and do it in your own strength. So it has the power to redeem. The second, next thing, sorry, is this, which I was touching on then. It's as the power, have we got it up there, Tobe, to release you from the curse of the law. Wow. I don't know about you, there's a lot of people that are tired and wear it, worn out and burning out in this world because they're trying to, you know, find acceptance, find love trying to prove themselves. I've, I've done this before I was a Christian, and I've done this since I've been a Christian. I've got, I've got into the trap of trying to perfect myself and make myself a better person 
so that it pleases God and I become right in the eyes of God. It doesn't work like that. This is what we get tangled up in if we're not careful. The power of the gospel breaks the curse of the law. Okay, Jesus hung on the cross. It says anyone who hung on a tree was cursed. Jesus was the one cursed. So if Jesus is cursed and I accept Jesus as my payment for my curse in my life, I am no longer cursed because he's redeemed me and I am not cursed any longer. So I don't need to get in making myself right before God. He's made myself, made me right with God. Does that make sense? And if we're not careful, we get worn up in trying to perfect ourselves and become and I'm not saying we, try, we don't become a better person because that's right to become disciplined. What I'm saying is, if it's not done by the grace of God and receiving his love first, we will always try to achieve our acceptance. And we will never do that. It will wear you out. You will look for things, approval, identity, belonging in this world, and you will not find it. But if you find Christ and in him, is your satisfaction. In him is the delight. In him is the peace. In him is the joy. Say no more. So it's the power to redeem. It's the power to release you from the curse of the law. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. This is the good news. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. You want freedom? Come to Jesus. Accept that you are a sinner. You come to the foot of the cross, which is the tree, and you accept that Jesus died for you. You don't need to earn your, that, that approval or love anymore. You accept that you can't earn that love, but you choose to accept Jesus who sent his love for you. You believe it. You receive it. You find the freedom in it. You find the life in it. You find the power in it. You find the gospel is in Jesus. It's nowhere else. It's only in Jesus. I have redeemed. It's a statement I'd, if you don't know this, but say this. I have been redeemed from every curse. All of my past, I've been redeemed from. Disappointment, I've been redeemed from. The power of the blood of the lamb has redeemed me from those curses. I'm no longer a disappointment. I'm accepted in the beloved. I have a future. I have a hope. I have fulfillment in my God. I'm here to make a difference in this world. I'm not listening to the curses of the past. I'm not going round the, round the revolving door. I'm going into the, my future, what God has called me into. And Jesus breaks that revolving door over your life. The blood of the lamb is, is more powerful than anything over, over those curses. And it breaks them curses over your life the name of Jesus is the name above every new, every single name every single curse even death itself Jesus is above and has broken that curse over your life I think that's pretty good news and two last ones quick it has the power to make us a new creation Whew. don't you just don't you just feel relieved at this, that you don't have to make yourself new? Hey, you say, well, no, 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 I've got to make myself. No, no, no. God makes us a new creation. The old is gone. Or maybe you come church and you try and become a better person that, so that you're, guys, that's religion. I'm going to say it to you, that's religion. If you come to church to make yourself a better person, no, just come to Jesus and make, let him make you a new creation. It's the, best, it's the best foundation. There's no other foundation other than Jesus making you right. 
So I come to Jesus, I accept that, and he makes me a new creation. How does that work? Well, I put my faith in Jesus, and the word of God is like a seed that is implanted into my heart, and it begins to go rooted and go down. So I discover what this seed is that's been planted, and it begins to become stronger and stronger until I'm rooted in the love of God and in the acceptance of God, and the curses are broken, and then you begin to grow and you produce fruit on your tree so that others can take from it and say, hmm, that tastes good. Where's that come from? You become born of God. You're a new creation in Christ. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone, is anyone in Christ this morning? He is, she is a new creation. Woo! You're a new creation. The old has gone. Gone. Past. Gone. I'm a new creation. And some of you need to learn to speak to your past and say, no longer on my life. I am a new creation. Jesus is above my life. You're not having a hold on me any longer, Satan. Bow the knee. I'm a new creation. The old has gone. You know, that's talking about the order of the Old Testament and what you had to do to make yourself right to God and enter into his presence. We don't have to do that anymore. Jesus gets us into the presence of God. Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit that the Father's given to us and it's available to empower us and to set us free, to break the chains of the past and to make us who God originally designed us to be. Give glory to God, amen? The old is gone. This is not a behavioral adjustment to make you a better person. There's nothing wrong with behavioral patterns and changing those in your life, but that should not be the foundation for this. The foundation is the grace of God that none of us deserve. We come as broken people, we stand at the cross and we recognize I need Jesus in my life. It's his grace then we receive and we made right with God. You can then change your behavior and patterns after, but that's not what makes you right with God. It's faith in Jesus. It's so much more freeing. I come across people, they're, they're worn out. They're trying to, and, and I'm like, just Jesus. That's it. Just Jesus is enough. You don't need anything else. You just need Jesus in your life. And I know it sounds simple, but that's as simple as it is. Jesus should satisfy you. Jesus is enough. Spend time with Jesus. And the last one is this. It has the power to turn sinners into the sons of God. Woo! It's identity. This is what people are looking for, identity, where we belong, who we are, home, in our Father's house, knowing who we are. We were once lost, but now we're found. We were once rebellious, but now we're accepted and we're forgiven. Not only that, we're given you know, an inheritance. We're given power and blessing and promises just as a father would to their son or their daughter. You're new. No matter how sinful you've been, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, the gospel has the power to turn you into a son and a daughter of God. You are sons and daughters, but you just don't know it. You've been lied to, deceived, told you're not good enough. The world's rejected you, not accepted you. Things happen, bruise you, batter you, disappoint you, discouragement. All of these things happen to us. And 
you know, none of us are exempt from that, even though we become Christians. But when we come to God, we discover who we are in him. Not in us, in him. We put our faith in him. We learn what the scriptures say about us, that we're beloved by God. We're accepted by God. Somebody's telling me in there, he's tapping. (laughs) Maybe they'll preach one day. Maybe they're agreeing that they're a son of God. You're a son of God. You're loved by God. It's the greatest thing on the planet is to be loved by God as a son and a daughter of God. This is who I am. Mess, brokenness, but I know I'm a son of God. I know I'm a daughter of God. I know my future is secure in my God. I know that my father is faithful and I one day I will be raised again with my father because I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I said at the beginning, God doesn't hold back his power for the gospel. He's not limited in power. If he can do 22,000 lightning strikes in an evening, he's not going to limit power to change you into a son or daughter of God so that you can testify the goodness of God. He's not going to hold it back from you and he's not going to hold it back from this world. All we need to do is to align our thinking and our lives to this truth and believe in the limitless power of God and in the gospel that can lift limits off your mind, lift limits off your community, lift limits off this world that say we're here to worship God and make a difference. And when we do that, we align ourselves with the gospel personally and share it with others, we will see the power of God change you and change other people. It might not change everybody because not everybody will accept it because it looks foolishness, it says. The cross looks foolishness to some people. But for those who are being saved, it says it's the wisdom of God. It is the wisdom of God. John 3.16, you know it. Tim, you want to come up? It says this. God so loved the world that he gave he didn't hold back God's not holding back from you he's not holding back from this world but he's making it available for you and for me when we align ourselves up with the gospel there's a power that's available to change you to change lives and to change this world we just need to align ourselves with the gospel 1 Timothy 2.5 says this there is one God And one mediator between God and man. The man, Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus. Who gave himself as a ransom for all men. Jesus is the answer to this world. Jesus is the answer for you. Jesus is the answer for me. Jesus is the answer for this world. And you may be here this morning, you don't know Jesus. Oh, you've heard about it. And maybe it's your day, like I shared earlier, to, I know I can't, I don't understand this journey. I don't understand really what I've got to do. But as I said earlier, my daughter, she grabbed hold of the board and she was a little bit apprehensive, but she caught that wave. And after that first time, she began to grow in a confidence 
to bodyboard. And you may be here this morning and you've never known Jesus in your life, but today's your day where you're hearing the truth that God loves you, that God died for you at the cross. And we have to look at ourselves and recognize that actually I need Jesus in my life. I'm broken, I'm hurt, I'm lost, I don't know who I am, I'm searching. But I want to tell you this morning, it's found at the cross of Jesus. It's found by coming to Jesus and laying your life at the cross and surrendering to him. And when you do that, something happens at that point that I often struggle to explain, but it's God that does it. And God, as you receive him, will enter your heart and empower you with the good news. So if you're here this morning, church, let's just stand. I'm going to pray. Maybe you've heard this gospel this morning. Maybe you've been to church many times, but maybe you've been doing it religiously. Maybe you're doing it in your own strength and it's wearing you out. And today you just need to put it better way, chill out and receive Jesus in your life. So let's just take a minute. Just take a minute to think, what is God saying to me this morning? Is there a point this morning that God's speaking to me? So Father, we thank you for this morning. And I pray, give people opportunity to respond for the first time to receive Jesus. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray a prayer. You pray this prayer in your heart with me. And after, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand up as a sign I've prayed this prayer. So church, let's join me together. Father, we thank you for sending your son into this world. You didn't have to repeat that or not then, did you? <laughs> you can pray with me. You don't have to say it out loud. So Father, we thank you for your son. We thank you for sending Jesus. Forgive me of my past. And Father, I choose to believe in you this morning. I receive you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So hopefully that's helped you this morning with the gospel. There's power in the gospel. Amen. We're not just giving words. There's power that comes with the gospel. I want to encourage you to believe for the power of God to work in your life, but also that you're going to use it. God will use you to speak into other people's lives. Next week, I'm going to look at how do we align ourselves up then with that on a daily basis and share the gospel. Is that okay?